Welcome to Surfing the Psychic Waves. I'm your host, Christy Walsh. I'm excited to say hello to the globe. Each week, I'll bring you new ideas to your spiritual path by letting you hear how other folks have walked their path or how they awakened. The planet, the solar system, and every being in it is waking up in some way. There's always bigger, brighter waves to surf that will change our world. So grab your boards. Well, hello there. Welcome to Surfing the Psychic Waves. I can't believe that it's still 2020 and things are still very strange. There's lots of weird waves out there today. But joining me in the surf is uh, somebody who has joined us before. Her name is Elizabeth Pendleton. She's an astrologer, lightworker, musician, and she does all sorts of things with these planets. And we're going to talk about where the planets are and what they're doing to us today. So welcome, Elizabeth. Hello there and hello, surfers. <laughs> How's everybody doing out there? Oh, my God. It's just been wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, it's just I kind of remember the last time you and I talked saying, okay, there's this COVID thing we got to keep an eye on with all this Pisces energy that's coming in. And for sure, and I think you and I have talked for quite a while about Q2 this year. I know we covered it on the last show, Q2, the financial period of April 1st to uh, June 30th being where I saw some economic trouble. Um, we just didn't really realize it was going to come in the way that it has come in. Yeah, it seems like it's such, it's hitting so many parts of everyone's lives um, that uh, it can be really overwhelming out there. Um, I think as of right now, I think I'm doing everything from meditation, prayer, you know, hanging out with some rosary beads. Like, you know, I'm just hitting them all. I'm just doing it all. Absolutely. Global meditation. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, it's between, I know a lot of people in the light working community are aware there were group meditations, worldwide meditations this, this past weekend. And in fact, the uh, prime minister of India Narendra Modi asked everybody in India, which is about like 800 million people, to meditate. I was like, that's a lot of meditators. That's awesome. <laughs> you know. And, um, you know, in the U.S., um, we have our days of prayer. And, of course, this month, uh, you know, we're in Holy Week now, and it's also Passover week and Ramadan. So we're, we're getting a lot of spiritual energy coming in. And I noticed, too, you know, again, it's correlation isn't necessarily causation, but I, you know, it's, it's interesting in the news this week, we have started to see people talking about curves flattening and light at the end of the tunnel. So, mm -hmm. you know, obviously we want to be really cautious and, and keep everybody safe. Um, but yeah, and it's, I think astrologically, so there's, there's two pieces. I think people taking the action, sometimes the inaction, the staying at home, um, but also all those prayers and meditations, you know, you sitting there with your rosary beads, people with malas, <laughs> you know, what I, you know, like that, I think it, I find that a really interesting correlation when literally hundreds of millions of people around the globe this past weekend um, meditated and set an intention for the end of, you know, this, this difficulty. Um, you know, we, we, things start shifting. So we've, I, I hope that people will, will 
it's like you said, it's easy to feel overwhelmed by all of this. Neptune's in Pisces and Mercury's been in Pisces and Mercury's been in Pisces, you know, pretty much since February 3rd. And it's a planet or pretty, gosh, was a second off and pull that up really quick. But anyway, Mercury's usually running through a sign for like two weeks and it's really had such a prolonged stay in Pisces, which is all about infiltration and it's um, um, borderless and crosses boundaries and seeps through just where you think you, you know, you sealed off everything, you know, water, it just sort of comes in and this thing having a water droplet element, which I think you and I talked about last time we were, we were, together on the show um so that pisces energy is starting to lift mercury uh on friday this week so we're doing the show on the 8th of april on the 10th mercury finally goes into into aries yay (laughs) (laughs) i think we'll we'll kind of be ready for that right yeah i think aries gives us a little bit more direction or forcefulness or something instead of all this yeah watery energy yeah it was it was february 3rd i'm looking at it it was it, it, it entered pisces that's a really long time and remember mercury's are thinking how we're perceiving things and it's a normally it really it's home signs think about this are gemini and virgo um gemini's chatty communicative it what's about technology gadgets it's curious it's friendly all those things and virgo is Nobody can organize things like Virgo, you know what I mean? So for poor Mercury to have been, you know, in the wacky world, magical, you know, mystery tour we call Pisces, it's like, whoa, you know, that's a, it's a challenging place for it. Yeah, definitely. And there's so many other planets doing other things. I think we wanted to talk about Venus. Yeah, that's on there. Yeah, thank you. Um, and I, and just, you know, hopefully people listen to the whole show, but just in case people just catch the first bit of it, you need to alert everybody. We have a Venus retrograde coming up. Um, it's going to start in May and last till late June. And the reason that I'm bringing this up, I've been doing a little diving into medical astrology and the Venus retrograde, we're literally hitting the shadow of tomorrow. Um, so meaning we're going to enter territory at about five degrees of Gemini that we are going to be going over till late July. And Venus is, again, um, it's a social sign. It's our relationships. It's also money. So we'll talk about the money part. But to me, the public health part is Gemini rules the lungs and the respiratory system. And I'm very concerned. I mean, as an, you know, as an astrologer, again, you guys get your medical advice and qualified medical people, but from an astrological perspective, I'm very concerned. I know we're all cooped up and we just, you know, no, nobody wants to get out and mingle like Gemini, right? And, and <laughs> Mercury getting in Aries will get us all like fired up to go like, you know, visit and venture and all that stuff. But I can't, um, emphasize strongly enough that this to me is a, a, a an aspect to be super cautious that we're going to have to sort of reintegrate back into going out and 
social things and do them very differently because when that Venus retrograde starts in mid-May, there's just such, unfortunately, a great, you know, we redo things during retrogrades or things kind of go backwards. And I'm really worried because that's sort of, if you're watching the different states of where they're projecting, okay, we can lift the stay-at-home or the shelter-in-place orders, um, I'm a little worried that, again, we've all been cooped up all spring. We'll all be like, yeah, I want to get out. Um, and so that potential from mid-May to late June, especially while Venus is retrograde and the sign dealing with respiratory issues in the lungs for us to re, you know, ignite this and, and start spreading it again really, really concerns me. So, I, and again, going back to what we said at the start of the show is we're really powerful. We're not powerless in this whole situation. And when we put our minds to something, you know, whether it's the meditators or the people strictly just following, you know, the advice of their governors or, you know, leaders, mm-hmm. um, we, we, we have an influence on things. You know, the one way that I heard to look at the, that idea of flattening the curve with the U.S., it's not one curve per se. It's about 50 plus with our territories, different ones that we're keeping. So keep an eye on your local curve, people. You know, I would say, um, but definitely that, that warning sign around the Venus retrograde, I'm, I'm concerned about that because it's also when Mars um, goes into Pisces, which kind of brings us back to where we started with Pisces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we move on from Mercury and Pisces eventually, and then here comes um, Mars. Yeah, Mercury's leaving Pisces, yeah. Mercury's leaving Pisces, goes into Aries on uh Friday till the 27th of uh, April, then it'll go into Taurus for a couple weeks. And it's that mid-May period that I really, really, um, it enters Taurus on the 27th, Mercury. Um, and then it, it gets into Gemini on May 11th, but that's the power week. And that's probably like another subject, that whole, um, that week, it's implications for the spring, mid-May. But yeah, that... That Venus retrograde is one to really, really watch out for, you guys. But the technical dates for it are May 12th through June 24th, depending on your time zone. Some some people, it'll be the 25th. But I would just say if anybody's now like, okay, I want to get out and book a cruise or, you know, we can travel again because <laughs> that's another very Gemini thing, right? Traveling. <laughs> Um, I just, you know, everybody's got to do what they're comfortable with, but I would not do that during a Venus, this particular Venus retrograde. Um, yeah, maybe the, the Venus will, thing. yeah, and maybe another little aspect of that is that there is that Gemini analytical ability, and maybe this is where we start to figure out what's going on with the lungs and the ventilators and what's required and what can really help people, um, there might be some discovery in there somewhere. I hope. Oh, I think hugely that's such a good point because when we get to mid-May, when we get to the week of the 10th, it is amazing. Like literally um, on the 10th, Saturn goes retrograde. On the 11th, Mercury goes into Gemini. On the 13th, Mars goes into Pisces, Venus goes retrograde, and on the 14th, Jupiter goes retrograde. (laughs) And so you just, you have Saturn, Jupiter, these huge planets, hugely influential, 
backing up at the same time Venus starts to back up. Um, and by the time Venus finishes her retrograde about June 24th, Neptune will have gone retrograde and Mercury will have started its next retrograde on June 17th. And, and the good thing, and that's really glad you made that point because that's what I was thinking with that many planets retrograde. I think we're going to find out so much. Um, and the good thing about Pisces, because I don't want people to feel like I'm just dissing on Pisces. I'm not. It can be a confusing, nebulous energy. And that's probably why, you know, pick your organization or politician. It seemed like everybody was confused in February when this was like breaking <laughs> yes. out. But who yeah. was not calling it what it was? And, and that's so Piscean. Now, the other good part about Pisces is that it is very much concerned with a holistic view that we take care of everyone that um, we look at the big picture and the perspective. So when we have that many planets that will be retrograde for that sort of mid May through late June, I think we get, and, and you know, the Pluto will also be retrograde by then. <laughs> it goes <laughs> retrograde at the end of the month. And so, and so like, don't even mess around with Pluto, you know, um, and to me, that's just like, okay, if Pluto's going, you know, part of it, um, of the, re- of all those retrogrades at that same time, Pluto gets to the truth. It gets to the bottom of things that it's going to have, you know, pretty much the solar system working with it. You know, this is everybody checking in their sphere as to what happened, what were the origins, what did we know? And then, like you said, which things can work, which things have been effective, because we have been collecting a lot of data through this. Um, and Pisces is 12th house hospital. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of that, as that Mercury piece comes in in Gemini, um, it can be very, very helpful um, to, you know, assimilating that information or gathering the data, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Gosh, so much going on. What about Uranus? <laughs> Uranus. Oh my gosh. No. It's yeah. like all of that Ooh. was like shocking, surprising, and all that stuff. But then Uranus is kind of the planet that we think about shock, surprises, volcanoes, um, eruptions, yeah. technology. Well, you know. So much, so much. I know. And I feel like Uranus has been like, Oh, why are you looking at me? I'm just sitting here in little old forest, you know, <laughs> just plodding along. And yeah, part of, uh, for you guys who are listening in real time on this, um, around this full moon of the 8th of, of um, April, April. Wow. Oh, just, that's been a rough full moon. But part of it was on the full moon um, yesterday. Um, Mars was squaring Uranus. And the weird thing was, um, Mars is presently in Aquarius, which is this lofty kind of breakthrough scientific genius energy. And Uranus is the planet that rules Aquarius. Um, so again, technological innovations, breakthroughs, um, but like you said, with the shocks and awe. So I was really wondering how that would play out. Um, but I definitely, although I'm not sure that I want to, you know, speculate on what it was yet, there was, um, definitely some shakeups we've already seen in the news today. 
between, you know, that I think are part of the Mars square to Uranus. Um, but it's yeah. definitely, I think people felt the tension. Also, that's a precursor to next February, because remember, at the end of the year, Saturn will be in Aquarius full time. It's doing its little test run right now, but it will go into Aquarius where Mars is right now at the end of the year on the 17th of December, and it stays till March of 2023. And so it just so happens when it's in Aquarius, it's going to square Uranus and Taurus. So I feel like pay attention to what's going on now because this was sort of the the prequel (laughs) Mm -hmm. and something big um, next February that we'll look back and go, oh, we were finding out about such and such around that full moon in April. And this was just sort of, I mean, it's Mars, which is powerful, but Mars is not as strong as Saturn going up against um, Uranus. And that's the squares are where we have the most tension in, in yeah. the planetary alignment. So this is telling us something else is coming next February. I mean, if I, I looked up the date, but I think it's somewhere around the 21st or so of next February. Yeah, I kind of don't think I've ever paid attention to Saturn in Aquarius. Uh, and right now it's like at one degree or something like that. But I, I don't remember ever noticing, you know, that sort of vibration. I must have skipped right over it. Because Saturn has been well, in Aquarius before in my lifetime. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. You're talking about a 29-year cycle. And we could go into it a little bit more in the, you know, the next part because it is an important transit. But Saturn's are one of those ones that unless you're really paying attention to astrology and tuned in, um, you probably didn't notice it, you know, when it happened before. Because, again, it's it's only going to happen in your life probably three times, you know, when it goes through your sign or your um, where it was in your birth chart, your, your Saturn return. Um, so, yeah, it it hasn't been in um, Aquarius for 29 years, you know, or 20, uh, I have to pull up the dates of um but yeah, quite quite a while. Um, I think it's ninety ninety one last mm-hmm. time it was there, and and so yeah, that's a long. You know, we're all doing our day to day, especially just trying to get through each. <laughs> sometimes under all this, every hour, right? Just uh, so yeah, Saturn's one. Uh, those transits are long, and they have big implications. And yeah, that's a really big one that we're is part of the experimentation. And the mix of spring 2020. Gosh. Okay. Well, so much to contemplate. I think we're going to take a little bit of a break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk about some more. Oh, my God. Some more movements in the skies. This is Christy Walsh. We hope you're enjoying the surf today. Come find me on Twitter at Christina Surfing, on SoundCloud or Facebook at Surfing the Psychic Waves, and check out the archives on inflowradio.com.
Hey, I would love to hear what waves you're surfing right now. For live shows, here's the number to call. 1-760-456-7277. That number again, 1-760-456-7277. And we're back surfing the psychic waves. I'm your host, Christy Walsh, and joining me in the etheric studio today is Elizabeth Pendleton. She has been on the show before, and uh, we are talking about the astrology over April, May, June of 2020. Oh, my gosh. So, Elizabeth, <laughs> before I, I know, I feel like I want to keep coming back to Venus, and I want to talk about a couple of other things sort of happening, but um, maybe could you remind us in the planetary sort of world – where does Venus sit with us? It's I know it's pretty close to the sun. Um, I guess it's most Earth-like as a planet, but astrologically, yes, it, what does it do sun, for us? Mercury, yeah, um, Venus, Mars, yeah. And uh, we only have a Venus retrograde about every 18 months. So it's, and, and it, it's so interesting because I remember, and I was looking for it last night, I just couldn't find it in my old videos, um, where, you know, everybody, I mean, I know that you and I had heard about the Saturn-Pluto conjunction um, that took place in January. We The buildup to that was like a year long, right? Remember last year, that's all yeah. the astrologers talked about. And there was a lot of fear, and there was like, oh my God, it's the end of the world. And the funny thing is, people who know me know, like, I'm... Um, out to debunk all that. I don't like when people use any divination to scare people. Mm -hmm. Um, However, (laughs) when I started to do my research, I was like, I'm going to debunk these people. And I remember very clearly looking at Q2 this year, in other words, the spring of, of 2020 more or less and saying, Oh, I see what they mean. And, and so just to backtrack and put the Venus retrograde and Saturn and all of these things into perspective. So this year, I mean, a lot of us start the years at the solstice. So right after winter solstice, we had an eclipse at the, at the new Capricorn moon. And that was part of, I mean, all that Capricorn cancer energy we've been dealing with. I mean, you know, Jupiter is in Capricorn, Pluto's in Capricorn. And at the time Saturn was in Capricorn um, so Capricorn's governments, banking, institutions, and um, we knew we were building up to Saturn, which is Capricorn's ruler, the structure, but but making an exact conjunction meeting at the same point as Pluto. And Pluto is the reformer, but it's not known as a nice and easy <laughs> energy. It looks to the truth. It looks for the flaws. It looks it gets down to the core to purify. So it's it's really there to get rid of corruption and abuse and, you know, all those dark things that rule Scorpio. So when we knew those were coming together, it was like, ooh, that's, that's going to be bumpy. And it came right two days after the January 10th eclipse. So I do have to say for the all the astrologers last year who were sounding the alarms, Yes. I mean, because this is when all the virus information was certainly known in China. And 
I, I for sure I remember watching the story come over like Al Jazeera and BBC the weekend of the 17th first I mean that's when I can absolutely know like all of a sudden this thing was getting my attention so I was like oh no and so when people talk about something that is um, the other thing that we deal with with Pluto it's one of the global three planets Neptune Uranus and Pluto are said to be like the global um, game changers and so this certainly has manifested and the other sub manifestation is we've had that energy all this buildup in Capricorn um, that eclipsed two days before on January 10th so just massive energy around there um, Capricorn again is, is the institutions governments banking all those things but there's been, and thankfully, it's actually been a harmonious energy, although people, you know, it's hard to understand or appreciate it right now. But Neptune being in Pisces has been the other aspect of this. And no matter which way you slice up this whole COVID thing, these are the two things we've been trying to manage, right? Health, which is the Pisces, 12th house, hospitals, all those things, um, virus. We could yeah. say because it's water spread and our economy, which is everything in Capricorn. So it's been a really, those two have been almost like the big placeholders. Those two energies of Capricorn and Pisces have been really pretty much underpinning the whole story of everything now. Saturn just on the 21st of March as you say, went into Aquarius. Now, this is interesting because it's not, you know, like I think a lot of people are like, oh, thank God, it's not all that heavy Capricorn energy. Capricorn's, you know, paternal and it's the rules and restrictions and regulations and all these things. And we really have since, I can't remember the actual date of this, this last stimulus bill, but Aquarius, you know, think about the age of Aquarius where we're more humanitarian oriented and it's not just in the U.S., but you're seeing whether it's the U.K. deal or the German deal, all these governments have realized these big packages have to include, quote, the little people, you know what I mean, the, the workers and the, the people who are being sidelined by all this. And that's, what, to me, a very... Aquarian aspect to everything and so we use Saturn's power to build a structure to give us form to um, make the template but it's put in a new futuristic way a very visionary way which is like the the really good part about Aquarius it's like we got to do this differently you know what I mean we can't just bail out the people at the top and hope it quote trickles down like all that's gone so the other thing that's super important about that is on December 21st, <laughs> I always have a purpose of leading you this. So right now, over <laughs> the spring, Saturn's going to be in Aquarius. So I think that that, that is really helping. And you saw, um, we'll go back to Jupiter connecting with Pluto. It does that three times this year. And we just had one of those. This is Jupiter again, trying to give everybody the money. <laughs> Jupiter's a money planet. Yeah. Um, but Saturn on July 1st, again, literally the end of Q2, slides back into Capricorn. So we get our last of Saturn and Capricorn for 29 years from July 1st to the 17th of December. And um, 
when Saturn goes into Aquarius December 17th, it will stay there, like I was saying, until March of 2020. And on the solstice, <laughs> just because this year has to do everything and it's like making sure we're paying attention. So December 21st, when the sun enters Capricorn, we call it winter solstice, Jupiter will be conjunct Saturn in Aquarius. Because on, on December 19th, Jupiter, largest, also enters the Aquarian age or the Aquarian energy. And so we're going to have their first meeting. And yes, it's just going to be at zero degrees of Aquarius. But that's a really important degree for mm-hmm. U.S. chart watchers because when we moved, as you know, Christina, when we moved Inauguration Day, and again, regardless of who's in office, to January 20th, we essentially, that's when the sun typically goes to Aquarius at zero degrees. So that zero degrees of Aquarius is very important for all of us. Um, it's just an important degree. And I find it really interesting that Saturn and Jupiter will be meeting in this humanitarian energy at the end of the year. And so we're just really ushering in something very new. And then Jupiter will be there for all of next year. So I hope that that's uplifting so, for people. Yeah, so I hope so too. But is it that we're jumping into the age of Aquarius yet? Yes, I'm pretty yes. And and I'm, I try to, you know, get as many sources for things because I know for the last few decades there's been a lot of debate of when is the actual, you know, everybody's got different kind of calendars and I get yeah. confused about it myself. <laughs> I'm like, let me know when you guys have sorted that out. But pretty much from what I understand, they are all now in agreement that this does actually. And, you know, the, the in other words, every calendar, no matter which one you're using, everybody's caught up to Aquarius um, when we get to the end of this year. And, and so I like that because I have watched, you know, you know me, I like get all this business news from all over the world. Um, and watch the stars and planets and see how that works out. But I, I really do like the way, and of course, we got to work out all the flaws, which is probably another thing. All those retrogrades in mid-May are going to tell us, like, what didn't work, what, <laughs> where was the mess, you know, um, in getting things rolled out. But those three Jupiter-Pluto conjunctions we get all year long, um, there's another one June 30th. So I think this is probably phase two or whatever whatever number we're on another rollout to you know who wasn't covered or who still needs help um in this um because Mm. that happens yeah while saturn is still in aquarius and then we get another one in november so yeah i I think that will be that that aquarian piece is very heartening so, t- so there was something that did happen with Jupiter and Pluto that we just sort of touched on. Um, so maybe we can talk about that a little bit more. So last year, I think Saturn and Pluto were making these conjunctions, and then certainly at the beginning of the year, and then now that's over. <laughs> now it's Jupiter and Pluto in codes. <laughs> I know. It's like, I will never underestimate a Saturn-Pluto conjunction. <laughs> But you know me, you know me, like my skepticism, I've got so many planets in Virgo. And I just, I did see a lot of astrologers with the, it's the end of the world to buy my silver. You know what I mean? You know, I, I 
do not like that. Um, but when there were a lot of one, ones who weren't using it to fear monger, but who were really saying, hey, watch out for this. It is a doozy, <laughs> you know, to put it mildly. And and absolutely, they were right um, about that. Um, so, so, yeah, so that was the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. It is over in Capricorn. We don't get another one of those. Um, thank goodness. Um, and so, yes, now it's Jupiter and Pluto. We just had our um, first one. Uh, I'm just looking through my dates right now. Um, I believe it was around the 31st, um, some, somewhere in there. Um, oh, I'm seeing a Mars conjunct Saturn that day. <laughs> So, um, uh, so yeah, but right in there, we just, we have three of those this year, um, with, with Jupiter. Um, Mm -hmm. and so Jupiter is expanding everything and it is the money. It is opening up the purse and in Capricorn, again, that's the economy. Um, so Pluto's there again, I think. I mean, just watching leading up to it over here in the States, I watched both sides and you know, one could argue each were just trying to get a lot of stuff that had nothing to do with COVID in that bill. <laughs> and to me, that was Pluto going, yeah, private planes have nothing to do with it or changing the voting system has nothing to do with it on the other side. You know what I mean? And so Pluto really gets to the truth. Um, and it, again, it's really trying to purify and clear out graft and corruption and wrongdoing and, and abuse. And so Meeting with Jupiter, the money planet, in this sign of the economy three times this year, I'm hoping, I mean, I'm hopeful. I mean, it definitely could could signal things, you know, mm-hmm. you know, her, you know, tremendous economic challenges um, that we that is definitely there are fault lines for sure. Um, but it could also be well, the way it manifested this past time, at least. You know, we have at least one to base it on. Um, it, it manifested in $2 trillion being spread through everything from hospitals to workers to small businesses. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm hopeful, you know, but, but it's a cautious because to me, we still got to get through Q2 and we've got to get through the Venus retrograde. And when we look at, again, that Venus retrograde in Gemini, it could be a reoccurrence of this. And that's where I worry about the larger economy because floating through, keeping things afloat, you know, while we've essentially shut down the economy, you go, which thing's worse? And of course, we've got to protect human lives, the Piscean, right? You know, the higher good, the perspective. So this is tough stuff. Super tough stuff. I know. And then... So it was the fourth of April. Thank you. Sorry. So then Jupiter could, I was like, it just happened. When, what day was it? It was, yeah, it was just, gosh, four days ago. Yeah. I know. It seemed, it does seem like every day over the last oh, gosh. Like, couple of weeks has other, just been so long oh, ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so sorry. I just, I just need to point this out to everybody and I, I hate to, but I have to. Um, so these, Jupiter Pluto conjunctions all year are at 24 degrees more or less of Capricorn and that's where the Saturn Pluto conjunction they were all in that area of that 22 Mercury was at 23 Capricorn back then right in the middle I remember and um, 24 degrees for the Saturn Pluto conjunction so again these are if that was sort of a 
smashing. You know, these are reverberations. But getting back to your original point, we all have so much power in terms of saying, hey, this is what I'm going to need or what I would like to see from this and being involved. Don't feel like you just sit on the, you know, couch being, watching somebody else make decisions for your life. I mean, I would just really encourage people from whatever persuasion to be in touch with your leaders locally, nationally, statewide. <laughs> like and, just, and pick, just pick one. <laughs> yeah. Just pick, yeah. pick someone. Um, it, it, yeah, just pick something. It yeah. does seem, though, and maybe this is part of the Pisces energy, is that we do have a lot of choice. And so even though we are supposedly staying at home, shelter in place, whatever it's called, wherever you are in the world, it's like you still get a choice of what, how you're going to handle it, uh, who you can reach out to, who you would like to reach out to. There's there's something about choice in here that keeps sort of popping up and... um you know, even with myself and doing different meditations in different ways around the globe, sometimes, sometimes on my own. Um, it's just kind of like, uh, there is a lot out there that you can do internally, um, and externally, even though you're not really making a lot of, I guess, physical movement. Um, yeah, that, I mean, I think you're right about that really speaking to the Piscean part of it, because we can really feel like, well, I thought I was going to have this plan to get this. I mean, it's definitely not like, a you know, it's, it's opposite sign as Virgo. <laughs> this would happen with a lot of planets in Virgo. We'd all, <laughs> we would have all written like a bestseller and, you know, done our back taxes. And, you know, <laughs> but this Pisces has <laughs> got the band back together, you know. <laughs> this Pisces element is definitely like, okay, I think I'm going to do this with my time. And then tomorrow it's another thing, or maybe even by later this afternoon. It is not, um, it has a hard, you know, it, it's mutable water. So it's, it's just not going to have that, like, you know, that it's going to have a hard time getting the structure to it. Now, one thing that I did hear that I found really a helpful distinction to make, um, is emotional reactivity to our circumstances versus, um, responsiveness. Them and and that's Frankel, you know, who was in the Holocaust and then kind of came up with the field of psychology. And so, I mean, I can't even imagine what he saw and how you would even keep your head together, you know, not completely lose your stuff. And I know this has been really stressful for people, um, but 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 stepping back in that Pisces perspective way, where we you know, we're going to continue to have Neptune there. It's there for a couple years. So we always can draw on that and step back and go, okay, maybe disappointment is something we can grow from because, you know, no, we can't go do this, or especially people who are working with their kids. And to teach them, this is going to sometimes be part of life. And, you know, we're not all going to get like, you know, the blue ribbon or whatever it is. And so learning to work through the uncomfortable emotions is actually a good way. And that's, you know, some of that watery, shadowy yeah, yeah stuff. Yeah. Um, it, it, it can actually be empowering if you work through it and then you just kind of catch yourself and ask, am I being reactive or responsive? 
you know, to my circumstances. Yeah, it's that uh, fluidity or adaptability, those kind of words. Like, what would water do? Exactly. Maybe we should be asking that question. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, and again, the highest, the, the good side of it or the, the, you know, is the adaptability, you know, and people have certainly been called to, you know, innovate um, and, and make, you know, different arrangements and to be flexible. So, so there's, there's that. Um, and then where it can get a little challenging, like I was saying in the Pisces thing is if we have no structure at all, and then you can feel really depressed or lethargic like that or overwhelmed um, by what's going on. So, so yeah. 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 I, I do think um, that uh, a lot of us are checking in with each other, whether it's coworkers or friends or family members. It's like the checking in with people has become like a big thing. And this is done remotely now. Because you can't just show up on someone's doorstep <laughs> whenever you want, like you used to. Um, so there is there is something that's you know changing there in the way we interact, where maybe it's a little bit more of us that are coming to the table when you pick up the phone and talk to someone. Um, where maybe before a couple months ago, just we're just talking like December. <laughs> maybe you were a little yeah. bit distracted when you picked up the phone to talk to someone. And now it's like, well, I've been here at home all day doing whatever I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> so when you pick up the phone and talk to someone, you're really present. Um, so there's something about that presence that's, that's, I've just noticed that movement. And maybe it's just everybody praying on the entire planet. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So talk to me yeah. a little bit more about those global planets again. So we have Pluto, yeah, we have so, Neptune. So yeah, those those are the big three, you know that that we that we you know because remember early astrology, the until 1781, the furthest we could see was uh, Saturn, right? You know, with the naked yeah. eye, and then as the um, telescope was discovered and are developed, um, at least in our our time, I'm sure civilizations you want to get way out there way before us but hey another show right another show um <laughs> but for us 1781 you know and this is uranus being discovered and so it was beyond our realm and saturn of course has the rings so we we think about the things you know these first seven planets and so um that was ancient astrology and so as we incorporated the new ones Uranus and then Neptune and then last century Pluto um, and uh, whatever way they're naming it, it's still a force. Um, those are said to be the global influencers um, that we, we really watch to see what they're, um, they're, they're more likely to have the impact of things outside of your world that come and shake your life up kind of like this virus, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nobody, it's beyond, and it, you know, even if it's not, I mean, thankfully, most people, it's not directly physically impacting as far as the actual disease. However, everybody's life is radically changed, um, you know, maybe short term, yeah. but probably really certain things long term, you know. So, yeah, that's a, an influence from outside, and we're watching right now. And the, the thing that I would say about the three, two are in Earth, Pluto and Uranus. 
um, and then Neptune's in Pisces, the water sign. And they're, the way that they're aligned, the Earth trines Earth, so that's a good stabilizer. And the Pisces sextiles both Capricorn and Taurus. And that's at least, thank goodness, a harmonious angle. And it's all that yin or inward, earth and water are considered our feminine energies in astrology. So we have the capacity to, to just go within, as they say. Yeah. To help process what's going on in the outer. So we come to it more consciously. Well, that's relief. <laughs> from, from everything we just talked about, it's like, oh, okay, good. They're supporting something. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, let's get to July 1st and see what happens. Somebody's just like, good, can I just take a nap for the next two months? Because <laughs> I feel like we've had such positive and momentous sort of astrology waves to check out, you know, through last year and the end of last year for sure. And then everything just kind of you know, this giant wave of change just like came in and messed us all up. And um, I, I think this age of Aquarius thing is is something I'm going to play with a little bit more in my own meditations, because it seems like that is an energy that's sort of trickling in right now that we can actually play with and introduce ourselves to. And, um, you know, it has been a long time since we kind of have hung out in that Aquarian energy. And right now we have Saturn and Mars right there. Yes, and, and you and you want that energy of um, putting a destination out there, you know, energetically. Well, how would you like to yeah. see the age of Aquarius? Because it, it's about the future. It's about innovation. It's about technological and scientific breakthroughs. So what problem would we love to solve? Um, There's and, like so many right one. now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, like you said, pick one. <laughs> just pick one. Uh, yeah. Just so, light to it. even if you're not a scientist, then light to a science scientist. You know? Yes. It's really yeah. powerful. Yeah. How um, I've kind of done this over the years. I'm not sure exactly how this was sort of shown to me, but um, just over the years, I have done. Um, meditations where you're you just kind of look at the light grids around the earth and you don't necessarily um define them completely like oh that light grid is you know that particular thing going on um you just kind of check out all the energy that's flying around the earth and talking to each other and it's like oh wow there are a lot of people doing different things okay well now let me see where i can sort of jump in which kind of grid of light around the planet do I really want to hang out in and what can I how can I affect change it's hard to say it outside of meditation but when you're in it <laughs> you can do all the stuff um so I think I'm going to play with that a little bit more so yeah Elizabeth before um we kind of leave Q2 um what about the moon like we just had a full moon and I almost didn't care <laughs> or I'm just too exhausted. Like that's just not that has not been my astrology space, you know, in so many years. 
It's, it, that's too funny that you bring that up just really quickly. Like there was one day I wanted to go out and see it like rising, sat on, out on the deck and, and watched it. And there was another one I was like, close the windows. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so, you know, the moon changes every about two, two and a half days. You know, it works through the signs pretty quickly. But if you need a download from a particular sign, like it's going into Scorpio the next two days. Um, if there's something Scorpio that you're working on, you know, a detection, something you want to get to the bottom of, that's a great sign for it. Um, so you could, you could work with the moon being in Scorpio meditations those nights, asking for a psychic, you know, information about a situation. I want the truth. You know what I mean? Um, that's a, that's a, a good one. You, so yeah, you can, it's uh, because it moves so much. Yeah. It moves so fast that I guess, you know, you yeah. have opportunity to tap into all sorts of different energies. And right now the moon's still in Libra? Right this second, Yeah, maybe? probably late degrees while we're talking. And then the nodes shift on the 5th of May, which we don't have time to get into. But yeah, they're, they're finally moving out of the Capricorn Cancer energy into Gemini Sag. So, yep, nodes are shifting too this spring. <laughs> Yeah, so the nodes are part of a calculation between the sun and the moon, or what are the nodes? Maybe we could just talk they about what they are. are. Yes, 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 yes. They are the they are the um, nodes of the moon. Um, specifically, each planet has nodes, but the the moon. What we look for is the north is telling us where we're going, and the south one is telling us what we came in with in our particular birth chart. So in the in the present. We look at where they are to describe as a collective what we're done with. Like while it was, um, we've had this thing in the North, there was a lot more in cancer, there was a lot more concern about children for those 18 months. Children kept coming up in the news and yeah. maybe you know, people who had abused them and all those kinds of things. So those, um, Pluto conjunct the, the South Node, the past was definitely bringing the revelations. So now, yes, we, we, um, move those south in Sagittarius and north in Gemini. How do we want to help each other? What technological gadgets can help us? You know, our apps and all those things. Yeah. Okay. And so it's part of the moon. Got it. Yeah. So, so many different planetary alignments over the next couple of uh, months. I don't think we left anybody out. We talked about everyone today, except maybe Chiron, who's just an Aries. Uh, Chiron's an asteroid or centaur. Yeah, and the thing is, I with the asteroids, I feel like if I open that door, then it's not fair to just include Chiron. Here. Then it's like we yeah. got to talk Vesta, we got to talk Ceres, we got to bring Pallas Athena, and and then if people start to get overwhelmed by it all, and and there are literally tens of thousands of them. Um. So so, but I do like that they, for people who are interested. You know, they you can study those. You could probably find one with your name. Like there have been so many or the name of the city you live in. That's how many thousands of them there are at this point. And you could actually, there's now software to get, um, add that to your software. So you could watch if you're, you know, you're in San Francisco or you're in London. Um, you could watch the London asteroid. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, it's, again, it goes anywhere from the five that we kind of know about, you know, talk about pretty regularly in the astrology world to like tens of thousands. So I kind of go, 
nope, it's not fair to have Kyra. <laughs> so I'm not including the ladies. So I have to draw the line of what I can keep up with. And this this Q2. Yeah, this Q2 is enough enough with the regular planets, you know. Yeah, so maybe all this kind of steady into the asteroids is maybe a Q3 thing. So from Yeah, that, or for people who are who endeavor, absolutely. See if there's an asteroid that, that has your name uh, yeah. or the city you were born and, and you can get some software. <laughs> yeah, you can check it out. So yeah. um, I think just to kind of end on maybe a positive note, um, what could you recommend folks to sort of – uh, look at over the next couple of weeks. We talked about a few things. The outcome but... they would like to see. Absolutely. I mean, instead of getting stuck in a problem or getting stuck in confrontation, um, how would you like to see things resolved? You know, if you had a, you know, like the good old crystal ball um, and you were looking at December 19th when Jupiter comes into Aquarius and joins Saturn and it's two days before the solstice. How would you like to see this year work itself out? And, you know, what's in your life? Who's in your life? What are you celebrating? Um, you know, what things were you willing to let go of? Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to tap into like, how would you like to, to design the future for the highest good? Ooh, I like that. Okay. Well, I can do that for three months at least. That's something yeah. I can really focus on. I like that. So I'm so glad you are surfing the psychic waves with us today. And maybe you could remind folks uh, that you have a website, YouTubes. Yes, thank you. It's Elizabeth Oracle. Um, ElizabethOracle.com, ElizabethOracle.co. Just come on over. There's a weekly astrology post on Sundays so you can take a look at the week ahead. And there's a monthly newsletter to sign up for, which is probably about to go to weekly, you know. But um, and you can get a hold of me for a personal reading and we can look at your chart or we can just do strictly psychic information and just um, there's everything from 10 minute to hour sessions. So whatever you need. Um, yeah, just please come to ElizabethOracle.co. All right. Well, thanks so much. And thanks for surfing the psychic ways with us today. Venus Andrick is up next and Summer McStravitt. Surfing the Psychic Waves with me today on InflowRadio.com. You can find me on Twitter at Christina Surfing or find me Surfing the Psychic Waves on SoundCloud or on Facebook and let me know what waves you're surfing. This show is brought to you by InflowRadio.com the best curated talk radio network for personal development, wellness, spirituality, and conscious business.